Welcome to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast, a place where hungry minds discuss all things evidence-based nutrition, fitness, mindset, and healthy living. We're your hosts, registered dietitian and nutritionists, Courtney and Darian. Let's dive in. The information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only, so always speak to a healthcare provider such as a registered dietitian who can work with you directly about your unique healthcare needs. Hello there, and welcome back to the Nutrition Unpeeled podcast. Today, we're talking all about workout nutrition. Uh, So a common question we get is, what should you eat before, during, and after your workout? And this truly is an important consideration for anyone looking to get the most out of their training. Um, What you eat around your workout refers to peri-workout nutrition, which is really just a fancy word for the timing of nutrients around your workout. Mm -hmm. I feel like I say this every time, but I'm really excited for this episode because the timing of our energy intake and even like the ratio of certain macronutrients can enhance recovery and tissue repair. So um, I'm really excited to be providing this episode today. So I feel like a lot of people are going to find it very beneficial. Yeah. And I think sometimes people think, oh, this is this only matters if I'm like an elite Mm -hmm. athlete, which certainly like peri-workout nutrition matters for elite or high-performing athletes. But truly, I think it's an important consideration for anyone who just wants to be energized, fit, Mm -hmm. and strong for whatever type of workouts they enjoy doing. I agree. So before we delve into the content, um, I want to ask you a question, Darian, um, so that our listeners can get to know us a little Mm -hmm. bit more. So what's the best thing you've ate around a workout this week? Oh, this week? Hmm. Well, I was kind of on a little bit of like a banana muffin kick. So I had some banana muffins that I made and froze and I would throw them in a gym bag if I needed a little bit of like an intra workout um, nutrition snack. So I'd say probably my banana muffin was really good this week. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. And we'll dive into intra workout mm-hmm. snacks, which is eating during your workout and whether you need to do that, who needs to do that, when you might do that. So that'll be something we talk about a little bit later on. Um, for me personally... I say this every time, oatmeal gold bars, it's always my pre-workout like breakfast snack. Um, It works perfectly for the timing of when I work out in the morning. So again, we'll talk more about pre-workout nutrition and how you might build a snack. But I love these bars because they're super tasty, Mm -hmm. but they also provide me the carbs and protein that I want before doing my exercise. So when people think about workout nutrition, I think they often think about chugging back a protein shake, which for me, like before I learned about nutrition and sports <laughs> nutrition, I think that's what I thought of with mm-hmm. workout nutrition. It's like, yeah, do a workout, hit a protein shake, good to go. Um, but as we'll review in our discussion, there's so much more to nutrient timing than protein shakes post-workout. Um, so pre-workout, intra-workout, and post-workout nutrition are all separate conversations, and what you consume at each time point can impact your performance and recovery differently. So you really need to understand what we're looking for at each of these three intervals. Absolutely, yeah. I think there is a lot um, kind of in the fitness and nutrition realm around each, and what um your kind of idea of each can be very different. So I'm excited for us to dive into it. So let's break down each component, pre-workout, intra, and post-workout nutrition. (music) 
let's kick things off by talking about the pre-workout meal. Um, so a lot of people say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And while this is likely true for a lot of people, we think that for people who love to train, the pre-workout meal is the most important meal of the day because this is the meal that's going to provide your body with energy to get the most out of your session. And it also can provide nutrition in the form of protein to prevent muscle breakdown and create what we call an anabolic environment. Mm. And truthfully, the pre-workout meal is probably one of the most complicated meals to optimize just because it's the most individualized based on the timing of your eating in conjunction with your lifestyle or even your tolerance as to what food feels best before your workout. So there are five key considerations when building your pre-workout meal. So we're going to delve into these five considerations and then give you some really concrete examples Mm -hmm. of what you might choose based on the time you have to digest the meal for your workout. So Darian, what are the five considerations for a pre-workout meal? The first one is choosing food combinations that optimize energy so you perform your best and you get the most out of your workout. So this is going to look like including carb for energy, but potentially some fat and protein and fiber, depending on how long you have to digest. This is where that really unique timing and individualization comes into play. The second thing that you want to consider is creating an anabolic environment. So I said this word earlier, this term, which essentially means you're providing the nutrients your body Mm -hmm. needs to maintain and even build muscle. And so depending on the timing of the pre-workout meal, we might look at including protein because it's going to provide amino acids that spare muscle while, while you're working out. So essentially this means your body isn't breaking down muscle as a source of energy. The third one would be to time your pre-workout meal around your schedule and personal preferences. So strategizing when you have time to eat, how long you like your meal to digest before you train, but also considering your schedule. Yeah. And there gets to be like some complications thrown in with busy lifestyles or maybe people who like to train really early Mm -hmm. in the morning. So we'll dig into that. A fourth consideration is choosing foods that digest well, and this is very individualized, but oftentimes it looks like um, understanding foods that have a lot of fiber and fat, because these are ones we want to be careful of, depending how close we're eating to our workout. And then also like different foods just sit differently Mm -hmm. in different people's bodies. So for a lot of people, we're experimenting with the types of foods that just like sit well in your stomach, you're not bloated or full feeling and you're comfortable and have great energy for your workout. And that's going to be very individualized and does take a little bit of experimentation. Yeah. The fifth one is to hydrate. So drinking enough fluids that you're well hydrated going into your workout. And this is a particularly important if you are sweating a lot or you're working out in a hot or humid climate where your fluid losses are even increased. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we even might consider an electrolyte supplement um, in that pre or post-workout meal or drink. And it's particularly focusing on sodium as well to maintain that fluid balance and prevent cramping. So this is a topic we'll dive into a little further. Yeah. And if we think of like hydration, it's what's actually allowing our blood to Mm -hmm. circulate through our body and carry that nutrition to our muscles. And then electrolytes actually help our body hold on or grasp onto that fluid. So we're not just peeing it out. So, you know, electrolytes, like Darian said, it can mean supplementation, but it can also mean sourcing from food, like adding salt to meals or like electrolyte rich fruits and veggies. So we'll dig into that a little bit more, but definitely hydration is something that we want to consider 
going into our workout and then throughout our workout. So really the best way to understand pre-workout nutrition is by going through some examples. So to help you understand how to build a pre-workout meal or snack, we're going to talk about what you might choose to eat depending on how long you have to digest before your workout. So let's say you're planning to work out in 30 minutes and you haven't eaten for a long time, like over two or three hours, and you're noticing you're hungry or your energy is starting to drop. In this case, you're probably going to want to have a pre-workout snack to optimize your energy through the session. However, if you have a food that's really high in fat, fiber, or Mm -hmm. even like a difficult to digest protein, um, your body's not going to be able to access that energy. Blood's going to flow to your stomach to break down that food, and you're not actually going to get blood flow to your muscles to provide that energy and nutrition. So you're probably going to feel lethargic through your workouts or maybe even experience some stomach cramping. So if you only have 30 minutes to digest, you want an immediate source of energy that's easy for your body to access. So that's going to be a carbohydrate source, Mm -hmm. particularly one that's not too high in fiber and sits well in your stomach. So, I mean, that could be anything like a banana, a fruit squeeze, rice cakes, even some dried fruit or even liquid calories like a Gatorade or some juice. Mm -hmm. Um, I find this like this a concept of very empowering for a lot of clients because they're like trying to get through that. You know, they've been working all day. Maybe their last meal has been lunch. Now they're going to try and hit a workout before, you know, like right after work or before. So they're like, I just don't have the energy. And like, this is a perfect opportunity to introduce that quick pre-workout carb. Yeah. And you definitely don't have to eat yes. a snack 30 minutes out if you've eaten yes. a pre-workout snack at an interval before. Um, but this can be a really helpful tip. If you're mm-hmm. running out of time, you know you need something, hitting a carb that digests well is going to get you through your session. Yeah. And then we'll talk about what you'll eat yeah. afterwards <laughs> later on. But let's say that you have 60 minutes to digest and you know you need some pre-workout nutrition for energy. In this case, your body has more time to break down whatever food you eat. So when we're building a pre-workout stack 60 minutes out, I wouldn't actually include carbohydrate all alone because that carbohydrate is going to zip through your body and you're going to run out of energy by the time you start your workout. Your blood sugars are going to peak and and, and come down before you're even into the workout. So we want to start building in some protein and maybe even a little bit of fat or fiber to slow the digestion of that energizing carb to get you all the way to the end of your workout feeling energized. This is a good example where something like a piece of fruit or granola, like with some Greek yogurt, or of course, Court's classic oatmeal gold bar, or some oats with like protein powder mixed in would come into play. It's just going to prolong that digestion just enough to carry you towards that workout where you're not going to have that rapid dip. These examples also had protein paired, which one Mm -hmm. helps to slow the digestion of the carb, but it also provides amino acids to create that anabolic environment to prevent muscle breakdown. Um, And then if you're a little bit hungrier or you feel like you tolerate having more fat or fiber 60 Mm -hmm. minutes out, I mean, you could throw a sprinkle of, you know, pumpkin seeds into that Greek yogurt bowl with the granola, or maybe you're adding um, a little bit of peanut butter into your oats with protein powder. Um, So this is where you can experiment a little bit to see how much fat or fiber you Mm -hmm. tolerate. But I know for me, I tolerate like a little bit of fat or fiber 60 minutes out, and I'd rather have that slower digestion of my pre-workout meal so I'm not running out of energy midway through my workout. Yeah. Yeah. And just being careful that you're 
again, experimenting but not including too much where it's sitting too heavy or causing any cramping if you kind of go over on the fiber or fat sources here. Yeah, and if you really want to get particular with this pre-workout meal, I mean, you could start thinking about electrolytes. Mm -hmm. So say you're making your bowl of oats, maybe you hit it with a little bit of salt. Not only enhances the sweetness, which is very nice, Mm -hmm. but that salt is an electrolyte that's just going to help you hold on to whatever fluids you're drinking alongside your pre-workout meal. So that's going to help with the hydration status. So now if you're looking at potentially over 90 minutes before your training window, this most likely is adequate time to digest a meal and prevent any sort of cramping. So this is where we can really benefit from a mixed meal. So at Vitality, we call this the fundamental four, which means including a carb, a protein, a fat, and maybe even some volume from some veggies. Not always necessary here, though. Um, But this is just going to lead to more stabilized blood sugar. So you're going to have energy throughout your entire workout. And you might not even need that little pick-me-up before because this meal is going to be slow enough digesting, but also give you that energy to access during your workout period. Exactly. I think you did such a great job of describing that, Darian. And I think for a lot of people who like to be a little bit Mm -hmm. like well-digested, timing their pre-workout meal closer to 60 to 90 minutes out is really great. Mm -hmm. Um, But if other people do well having more food in their stomach, they can push it closer. So this is where we talk about how individualized Mm -hmm. the pre-workout Um, meal is. So you really want to experiment with what sits well in your stomach and what leads to optimal energy through your workouts. Yeah. So it's like an example of something maybe you would have, let's say you had 90 plus minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I typically work out mid-morning. So I often think about breakfast foods (laughs) at my pre-workout meal. So for me, this could look like having some eggs or an egg with a boost of egg whites for more protein. I might have a piece of toast for carbs and maybe add a little bit of avocado for fat. And maybe I'm even throwing some veggies. I love to have some sliced tomatoes (laughs) when I'm having this meal. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be an example for me. But Darian, I know your breakfast actually would be a really great combination for a pre-workout meal. Yeah. So, I mean, I've said it before, but my egg white oatmeal. So I do a serving of oats. I cook some egg whites in there. Sometimes I'll add a touch of protein powder for flavor and a little bit extra protein. Uh, Top it up with a nice, generous heaping spoonful of peanut butter. Sometimes I throw some berries or even like extra banana or something on there for a little bit more carb, but I've got that protein, carb, and fat. Um, and some antioxidants from the berries if I choose, but I find it a very satisfying meal. Yeah. And let's say for Darian, maybe for some reason her um, breakfast oatmeal got pushed a little closer Mm -hmm. to her workout, she might just not have a heaping tablespoon of peanut butter (laughs) and she might just have a little bit less. And that's kind of comes down to that consideration of how fat slows Mm -hmm. digestion. So too much fat too close to the workout can make you feel heavy or cause that like cramping in your stomach. So Darian, what about fasting before a workout? Some people do choose to work out fasted and perhaps it is just because they like working out on an empty stomach. Maybe they're not particularly hungry in the morning before an early morning workout. Or, I mean, they even read it was the best way to lose weight. But like most things in nutrition, we do recommend experimenting with what works best for you and truly listening to your body. Um, We do have some considerations that we would like to discuss when it comes to training fasted. So Darian, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Well, the first one, I guess, is your energy. So eating some pre-workout, particularly carbs, can improve your performance for high-intensity workouts. So let's say you're running or you're doing a crossfit workout, powerlifting, bodybuilding. 
So having that fuel source from carbs is what's going to help get the most out of your workout. And this is what will drive building muscle, increasing fitness, and even decreasing body fat if that's your goal. If you work out at a little bit of a lower intensity, like maybe a light jog, a walk, or yoga, then pre-workout fueling might not be as imperative. can definitely still be a consideration, but maybe not as um, imperative as that higher intensity training. Yeah. Another consideration I have with fasting is that fasting is a stressor on the body. So when we're fasting for long periods of time, especially before our workout, we start to tax hormones in our body like cortisol so that our our body actually can create energy in a different way, energy that it's not getting from food. And, you know, when it comes to stress, like stress is a good thing. We have to put positive stress on the body to get fitter, faster, stronger, smarter. But if we have too, if we're taking on too many stressors, this can have a negative impact on the body. And where I see this really affecting people is with my female population. Women who are training are looking to optimize their hormones. When they're taking on stress like fasted training, it often has a negative effect on their hormone balance, which doesn't yield the body composition changes they want, whether that be building muscle or losing body fat, but it can even start to affect their menstrual cycle. It can be missing or absent cycles or even very symptomatic cycles. So oftentimes it's just not worth it to be fasting pre-workout for the consequences you'll experience. Plus, I mean, there's a lot of benefit to having a little something pre-workout, even if it's just Mm -hmm. a quick carb snack. So truly when I'm working with women, it's something that I'm really cautious of um, and really monitor closely if women are choosing to train fasted it's like is this habit serving you truly honestly oftentimes it's not and I don't just say this from professional experience I say it from personal experience so it's just something we really want to carefully consider especially for women Um, there's a great quote by Dr. Stacey Sims where she says women are not small men which essentially means that The hormones that we have as women um, make us different than men, which often means what we need to do to optimize our nutrition is different too. And fasted training is just like a pretty major red flag when it comes to women's health. Oh, I'm so glad you touched on that. I think it's really important for people to consider and understand, like, like you said, women are very different than men and their training needs and what they eat greatly impacts their hormones. Um, another consideration if you're training fasted is that your post-workout meal becomes even more crucial. So research does show that the anabolic window or this optimal window for recovery is roughly four to five hours. So this means if you ate breakfast at 8 a.m., you trained at 9 till 10, you have up to about two hours to get that post-workout meal in to maximize recovery. But, you know, let's say you are training fasted, you didn't eat anything pre-workout, you would want to prioritize a post-workout meal relatively as soon as you're done training to help maximize that recovery and those gains. Um, But it is quite interesting how that window shifts when you're not eating that pre-workout meal. Yeah. So in other words, Darian's just saying without the pre-workout meal, your post-workout window, (laughs) it it shortens and you need to be more cautious of eating like directly or very soon after training. Yeah. 
Another consideration if you do choose to train fasted might be to supplement with an an essential amino acid supplement or a branch chain amino acid supplement. So this is just going to provide your body with a little bit of exogenous protein so that it's not breaking down your own muscle stores for energy during your workout. So we often don't recommend EAAs or BCAAs. They're typically not necessary if you're getting enough protein through Mm the day. Um, But for people who train fasted, this could be something that we consider for them just so that they're not breaking down that muscle tissue, which is really like the opposite (laughs) of what we want to do when it comes to getting the most out of our workouts. Next up, let's talk about intra-workout nutrition. So intra-workout nutrition is what you consume, food or fluids, during a workout. Truthfully, intra-workout nutrition is probably like the least Mm -hmm. relevant. Most people don't need or benefit from consuming anything during their workout, but there are some cases where you might consider it. Mm -hmm. The first one being if you've trained fasted or it's been three to five hours since your last meal, you know, depending on what, again, your training is, you might start to experience a little bit of a low and that's when um, some intra-workout fuel is going to be beneficial to power through the rest of your workout. Yeah, and that could look like... uh EAA or BCAA supplement Mm -hmm. for protein, as we discussed earlier, or maybe even like a little bit of carbohydrate to get you through the session if you need it. Another one would be if your workouts are higher intensity or volume and they're lasting longer than 60 to 90 minutes. Yeah. So we'll share a few examples of this later on. But, you know, a common example would be endurance athletes. Mm -hmm. If their training session or their um, event is lasting longer than 60 to 90 minutes, then we might look at fueling them throughout their workout with carbohydrates, electrolytes and fluids. Um, So, yeah, that's a a important consideration for intra-workout nutrition. Mm -hmm. Another one would be if you're an elite athlete. And optimizing that training and really maximizing on your energy is important. A final consideration is if you're working out in a hot and humid climate, and I actually think this can be relevant for a lot of people, whether it's, Mm -hmm. you know, the hot Saskatchewan summer or maybe you're traveling, but when it's hot and humid, you're losing more fluid and electrolytes. So you may benefit from replacing those fluid and electrolytes during your session. So that can be water and an electrolyte supplement. Um, It doesn't have to contain carbs. It can just contain electrolytes. Um, But having that support during your workout might be a consideration in these hot and humid climates. Okay, Courtney, so what might you use as an intra-workout fuel? So the first consideration, again, if you need intra-workout nutrition, is to consider easy-to-digest carbohydrates. So let's say you're that runner going for a long run that's over 90 minutes. We're going to start fueling you probably around the 45-minute mark. And what we're looking at is for sure carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. Usually we start at about 30 grams, likely some electrolytes if we can get it, and maybe even some fluids. So when it comes to the carb source, we want it to be easy to digest. You don't want your body working to digest (laughs) carbohydrates instead of like being able to, you know, move blood throughout your body and and Mm -hmm. energize and provide that nutrition to the muscle. So we need this carb to be easy to digest. And for a lot of athletes, this actually is going to be liquid nutrition, Mm -hmm. um, which also allows them to add in their electrolytes and get their fluid in. But some athletes actually 
um, prefer solid food sources instead. So they might carry like some dried fruit with them or like a cookie, a low fiber cookie or some lower fiber fruits or those like fruit pouches like the go-go squeezes. So typically it's around 30 grams of carbohydrates you start with per hour. And then sometimes for high performance athletes, they're actually increasing Mm -hmm. the carbohydrates they're consuming per hour. And then they might also be, you know, considering fluids and sodium as well during that session. And we're actually going to talk about that next. The next one is our electrolytes. So an electrolyte that contains sodium as well as smaller amounts of potassium, magnesium, calcium, and chloride can optimize our hydration status. This is especially important, again, for endurance events or working out in those hot or humid climates or for people who have a higher sweat rate. So most athletes exercising beyond 60 minutes would benefit from between 500 to 700 milligrams of sodium per hour. Um, and between 400 to 800 mils of fluid per hour. So this could look like adding a noon tablet to your water bottle, although noon tablets only have about 300 milligrams of sodium, so we'll often recommend an endurance athlete or salty sweater top up with a sprinkle of salt to bring the sodium concentration to about 500 milligrams per hour. Yeah, and to kind of build on that, these Noon tablets, Mm -hmm. spelled N-U-U-N, they're just a pretty accessible electrolyte supplement here in Canada. Um, I see a lot of other great ones in the States, but in Canada, this is often our go-to recommendation because you can find it at most grocery stores in the natural food section or places like Sport Check. It's nice because it doesn't have any carbohydrate in it. So Mm -hmm. for people who don't need carb during their workout, they can use the Noon tablets Um, or, you know, for... an athlete who does need carbs, they could do a noon tablet and a carb source. Um, But I mean, you could also do something like a Gatorade that's going to get you your, or other, you know, carbohydrate containing electrolyte solutions. Um, But the noon tablets are nice because you can kind of add in your carbs Mm -hmm. on your own. Um, The other thing Darian said was salty sweater. And so some people actually lose more salt in their sweat, which is why their sodium needs go up per hour. And so you might know you're a salty sweater if you actually see salt drying on your clothes. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a salty sweater. So if I'm wearing a hat. Yep, that white. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I'll get like white, like salt crystals drying on my hat or on my clothes or I'll see it on my skin or I can taste it on my lips. (laughs) Yeah, so I know I'm a salty sweater, so I'm more cautious of sodium around my workouts um some people aren't and they don't need to be as cautious but still like if you're doing endurance events um you're still going to need some sodium a final consideration for inter-workout would maybe be protein yeah maybe protein we talked about it before having sources of amino acids Mm -hmm. you can get essential amino acid supplements or branch chain amino acid supplements or even a little bit of weight isolate like mixed into your Mm -hmm. fluids that's just going to give your muscles a bit of i feel like i've said amino acids quite a few (laughs) times here but it's going to give your muscles amino acids to prevent that muscle protein breakdown um of course, you can be getting protein before or after your session, but it might be something that we look at for certain yep. populations. Mm-hmm. So let's go through some examples to help you put that intro workout nutrition into action here. 
Yeah. Okay. So say you're a CrossFit athlete. Darian is enjoying CrossFit her, for her training right now. So I'll get her to speak to this. But say you are doing a CrossFit workout, you're hitting a mm-hmm. class, and then afterwards you decide that you want to do some extra skill work mm-hmm. or some extra lifting, or you're going to hit an extra class that your gym yep. offers, maybe gymnastics or competitive training or something like that. Darian, what would you think about when it comes to intra-workout nutrition? Yeah. So when I think about that, I would think immediately just that quick carb source. So even um, earlier on, I kind of spoke to saying I was enjoying banana muffins. I was doing some lifting before my workout of the day. And I just knew that I was feeling a little bit depleted, a little bit low. So I had that quick carb source. Hydration would be key here too. And I might potentially throw an electrolyte in the mix if I knew that... um, you know, my sweat rate was up. I was like working a little bit higher intensity for both kind of training periods. Then my carb and electrolyte and fluid consideration were pretty important. Yeah. And something I considered for myself when I was um, competing in CrossFit and also for my athletes is, of course, like the pre-workout meal is going to influence whether or not you need that boost from an intra-workout carb. But when we think about carbohydrates, they're fueling the muscles, but they're also fueling the brain. Yes. So when I was training, I would often be hitting like my strength and my conditioning Mm -hmm. workout. And then afterwards, I'd be working on skills, handstand walking, muscle ups, things that require a lot of coordination, balance. My brain needed to be optimal to practice those skills. Mm -hmm. So having an easy to digest carbohydrate to give my brain some fuel so I could actually concentrate on that skill and get better was extremely important. So we can think about it like with athletes too, like in a lot of sports, like their their brains are active, they're thinking, they're making decisions. So carbohydrates aren't just fueling the muscles, they're fueling Mm -hmm. the brain. That's a good point. Another example would be that endurance athlete doing two hours of running. Yeah, so we talked about this um, as an example earlier, but Mm -hmm. usually at like if the training session um, or competition is 60 to 90 minutes or longer, that's when we start bringing in intra-workout nutrition, Mm -hmm. carbohydrates, fluids, electrolytes. Yeah. Another one would be an Olympic lift, lifting athlete competing in the snatch and clean and jerk. Yeah, so I know Darian did her first competition. Yeah. <laughs> I used to compete in Olympic uh, lifting. And so, you know, when you're competing, these sessions can be very long. It's like you're warming up for your snatch. Mm-hmm. That session can be really long. You're taking an intermission potentially and then doing your clean and jerk. So your session mm-hmm. can be probably over two hours, usually Definitely. two hours. And so you know, you're probably going to have to be providing your brain and muscles a little bit of fuel. So we'd be looking at intra-workout nutrition in the form of carbohydrates, but potentially fluids and electrolytes. I mean, this is a sport yeah. where the volume isn't yes. so high. So you might not be sweating and a losing losing electrolytes right. at the same rate as maybe a CrossFit athlete mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, an endurance athlete. Um, but certainly that carb fuel throughout the session mm-hmm. um, is going to be a consideration for these athletes. Definitely. Yeah. And of course, there's many other cases we didn't talk about yeah. different sports. Um, but I think, you know, we covered the basics of intra-workout nutrition. So you can yeah. start to consider if and when you might use some yeah. of these strategies.
Moving on to our final consideration, the post-workout window. And so as we discussed before, I think actually a lot of people over-exaggerated the post-workout nutrition, like anabolic window, where it's like, <laughs> if you don't hit this protein shake right after, <laughs> yeah. like you're going to lose all your gains. And, you know, while that post-workout anabolic window is really important for recovery, it's it's actually a lot easier to navigate than like the pre-workout mm-hmm. nutrition and even the inter-workout nutrition because you're not navigating things like whether the food sits well in your stomach yep. before you're working out and moving your body. So it's a little bit more flexible, but there are some really important considerations for post-workout because this is our first opportunity to start giving the body what it needs to repair from the stress it yep. took on during our training session. So let's review some key considerations. Courtney, can you start us off? Yeah. So the first one is timing. Science tells us that there's actually like a four to five hour window bracketing our entire workout to optimize muscle protein Mm -hmm. synthesis. So essentially what this means is what you eat pre-workout affects the urgency of when you eat post-workout. So if I haven't eaten for like two to three hours before my workout, then that four to five hour bracket Mm -hmm. that Darian talked about, it's closing in closer post-workout. So it's more important that I'm eating immediately after versus if I ate a pre-workout meal or snack closer to when I started my workout, I have more wiggle room afterwards to get my nutrition in and maximize that recovery. So truthfully, I think this is all great to know. But what I would say as a key takeaway is most people are going to feel best and recover best when when they eat within two hours post-workout. If you're waiting too long (laughs) post-workout to eat, you're probably going to be hungrier because you've burnt a lot of energy. And if you get too hungry, that's when we get a little grumpy, we get a little hangry. We maybe don't make the best nutrition choices because our body is just looking for anything it can get its hands on to to refuel. So planning to eat within two hours post-workout is a really great strategy. Mm -hmm. And so honestly, that doesn't like you don't have to have a post-workout protein shake after your workout. You can just go home and make a meal with protein and we'll talk more about protein. Um, But I mean, say like I know this happens to me where I maybe do a workout and then I have some errands I need to run Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be home to eat a meal within two hours. That's when I might start thinking about an easy post-workout snack, like a protein shake with a piece of fruit or something to give my body some protein and carbs to recover until I can get home and have that post-workout meal. So key takeaway, (laughs) probably eat within two hours of your workout, (laughs) but what you eat before affects the urgency of that post-workout meal. So you did mention protein, and we do know protein is an important aspect of that post-workout nutrition to help stimulate muscle protein synthesis and just sparking that repair process for the tissue that was damaged during your training. So to this end, we recommend consuming a source of protein at the post-workout meal or snack. This could be meat, fish, chicken, eggs with some egg whites, a scoop of protein powder, or even some Greek yogurt or cottage cheese. The amount of protein you need does depend on your body weight, but it's often within that range of 20 to 40 grams. And to add to what Darian shared, like the post-workout window is our first opportunity to start getting that protein Mm -hmm. in for muscle repair. But really, it's important to continue to consume enough protein across the days and the days that follow your workout because your body 
body is still recovering mm-hmm. for like 24 hours to 48 hours, sometimes even longer, depending on the damage that was done to the tissue. And so eating protein in regular intervals throughout the day and the days that follow your workout is an important consideration. Um, but this post-workout window is just your first opportunity to get that dose of protein. So another objective of post-workout nutrition is to replenish glycogen stores through carbohydrates. The amount of glycogen you deplete depends on the intensity and duration of the session. Um, So for example, a runner doing hill sprints for 60 minutes may deplete more glycogen um, compared to a day when they're doing like an easy minute, easy 60 minute run. Mm -hmm. Whereas a CrossFit athlete may deplete even more glycogen in a 20-minute metabolic conditioning workout um, compared to a session if they're focused on lower rep or just accessory movements. So science and research does show that glycogen synthesis is highest within the first two hours following training, which is why we do recommend our clients eat within two hours of their workout, as we kind of mentioned. Um, But for most of our clients, we recommend lower glycemic sources of carbs that are going to keep their blood sugars steady after their workout. This would include carbs like oats, higher fiber breads, quinoa, higher fiber fruits. But... In those situations, if you're an elite athlete and you're training multiple sessions or times in a day, that's when we'd want to include those quick or higher glycemic carbs. Those are carbs that are lower in fiber, as these are going to be more readily replenishing your glycogen so that you have that immediate source of energy to keep going with those subsequent or um, back-to-back training sessions. So tropical fruits, white rice, kind of your white starches. Um, I mean, if we really want to get nitpicky, um, we would have these athletes combine carb sources by doing a starch and a fruit as it gets kind of interesting, but they have different transporters in their body. So your body's able to access these different sources of carbohydrates um, at a different absorption rate, which can actually really help maximize recovery and that energy that you take on. Yeah, because when we think of carbohydrates, it's a catch-all term for Mm -hmm. different sugar molecules like glucose and fructose. And so as Darian shared, they all are absorbed through different transport chains. So it's almost like if you can think of, you know, kids filing into a classroom, if they they only have one door to yeah. go through, it's going to take way longer. Yep. But if there's two doors to go mm-hmm. through, you can get more kids into the classroom more quickly. Mm-hmm. So if we're looking at elite athletes, like Darian said, they're training multiple times a day. We're trying to get them to recover as quickly yep. as possible. So then we're considering things like these high glycemic carbs. I know for me, I don't train multiple times in a day. I like a slower digesting meal post-workout because Mm -hmm. I don't really want to have that blood sugar spike that leaves me feeling like hungry or a little low energy. In a couple hours, I'm usually going to like sit at a desk and do some work. Mm -hmm. So I like the feeling of a lower glycemic carbohydrate Mm -hmm. and how that's going to keep me steady for longer. But I mean, this is where nutrition is always individualized when it comes to, you know, optimization for your goals. So what about fats and fiber? So we talked about limiting fats and fiber in your pre-workout meal when you don't have too much time to digest pre-workout. But when it comes to post-workout, unless you're an elite athlete who's trying to digest your Mm post-workout meal as quickly as possible to recover for your next session, um, you know, most people are going to benefit from building in some fats and fiber into their post-workout meal because like I shared with the low glycemic carbohydrates, it's just going to slow down the digestion of the meal a little bit so that you're not um, spiking and crashing after you eat. You have that steady supply of energy. Um, so 
building in some fats and fiber into the post-workout meal is definitely something you can do. I wouldn't like prioritize fats and fibers Mm -hmm. as like your heavy hitting nutrients in the meal. You'd still really want to make protein and carbohydrates the star, but certainly decorating in some fats and high fiber foods is totally fine to do for most people post-workout. So maybe as a little bonus here, we might consider antioxidants uh, in the post-workout nutrition strategy. Yeah. So we talked about antioxidants in our um, podcast episode all about reducing inflammation. But essentially, when we work out, we're putting stress on the body. We're damaging the body. There's oxidative stress. So an antioxidant helps to combat some of that um, oxidative stress. So we find antioxidants... Um, really abundantly in fruits and veggies. So building in some fruits and veggies into your post-workout meal is just a great strategy then to maximize your nutrition because we've really focused on the macronutrients for recovery. But when we're looking at like the really big picture, we want to get these micronutrients and antioxidants in as well Mm -hmm. to support our recovery and just give our body all of the nutrition that it needs to heal. Absolutely. Yeah. And so for me personally, um, like a post-workout meal might be, I work out um, mid-morning. So I kind of have like a pre-workout snack breakfast, my oatmeal (laughs) gold bar. Then I work out and I come home and have like a a brunch. So I'm Mm -hmm. still in the breakfast mindset (laughs) at that point. So I'm usually doing an egg with some added egg whites for more protein. I do some toast and avocado and I'll usually throw some tomatoes um, on the plate, which I love tomatoes. They add color. They're tasty, but also a source of antioxidants. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good one. I've been doing like a burrito bowl lately. So more around that lunchtime meal for me, it'll be some extra lean ground beef, some a jasmine rice. I'll add some cheese in there and get lots of veggies in and throw some salsa on top. Mm. Um, but I did the other day an afternoon one, which was like some yogurt, berries, banana, granola, and a little bit of peanut butter. And it just hit so good. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Kind of coming to think of this concept of antioxidants, and I'm thinking of your meal, Darian, mm-hmm. with the salsa and all the veggies. Yeah. It's like you're really hitting on electrolytes post-workout Definitely. because you're getting that sodium from the salsa and then lots of veggies, which yeah. provide those supportive electrolytes like potassium, magnesium, calcium chloride. So I feel like, yeah, that's a great (laughs) post-workout meal. Maybe I'll have to switch from brunch to more of like a lunch mindset. So peri-workout nutrition is all about giving your body fuel pre-workout, potentially during your workout, and after your workout to maximize your energy so you can give it all in your training and recover quickly. However, it's also really important to note that what you eat across the day also impacts your recovery and your performance. And we talked about this with protein, where spreading your protein out across the day is what's going to facilitate like optimal muscle growth. Um, but we also might even consider, you know, what does your caloric intake look across look like across the day? And how can we tailor that to your specific goal, whether that be to um, recomp your body, build muscle, gain weight, maintain weight, or even lose body fat? Um, But beyond nutrition around the workout and throughout the day, there are other factors that are going to affect your recovery Mm -hmm. and performance. So looking at things like getting enough sleep, managing stress, or even optimizing hormones, um, you know, for both men and women. Um, But like kind of like as a a last final point that I want to say is that we can maximize what you're eating around your workout for energy and recovery, but ultimately, like, you have to be pushing in your workouts yeah. to see results. So, peri-workout nutrition is all about giving your body what it needs so that you can 
bring, you know, focus, energy and attention to your workouts, Mm -hmm. progress a little bit every time and putting that stress on your body and pushing a little bit harder. That's ultimately what's going to make you fitter, faster, stronger and reach your goals. So stimulus has to be there. The stimulus has to be there. We talked about this in our episode on body recomposition, Mm -hmm. if you want to listen to that. Um, But yeah, we're setting our body up for success so that we can, you know, push a little bit harder, challenge ourselves a little bit more in each session. So let's summarize our key takeaways from today's episode. Yeah, so the first key takeaway would be that peri-workout nutrition is very dependent on the individual. Depends on your training type, your training duration, um, the climate, the time you have before you train. We talked about all these factors. So it is really important to experiment with what works best for you and to consult with a registered dietitian who specializes in sports nutrition if you do need some additional support. Mm-hmm. We also touched on the pre-workout meal and ideally how it contains a source of carbohydrate and may even have some protein to optimize muscle protein synthesis and potentially fat and fiber if you have enough time to digest before your workout. Mm -hmm. We also talked about inter-workout nutrition and how it typically isn't necessary for most people. However, there are cases where you might consider it if you're working out longer than 60 to 90 minutes at a relatively high intensity or for people working out in a hot and humid climate when they might benefit from some electrolyte and fluid support. When it comes to post-workout meal, the timing is affected by the timing of your pre-workout meal. However, a good rule of thumb is to eat within two hours post-workout, and that's where our carbohydrates and protein should be priority, but fat and fiber can also be included unless you are an elite athlete training multiple times a day or have those back-to-back sessions. That's when we'd look at those high glycemic or quick carbs and protein alone. So on that note, I'm actually off to the gym right after (laughs) recording this podcast. I did have my oatmeal gold bar before this, so I think I might be good to go for my session. I'm feeling pretty amped up after this conversation, (laughs) but we'll see. Maybe I did pack a banana muffin. Mm. Pretty easy to digest carbs, so I might hit that on the drive to the gym if I need a little boost. So if you did enjoy today's episode, we would love if you could support our podcast by sharing it with your training buddy or really anyone you feel could benefit from learning about how to fuel their body around their workout. Thanks for spending your time with us. To further fill your plate, follow us on social media using the links in our show notes or visit us online at vitalitynutrition.ca. And as always, we welcome your ratings and reviews wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay fed, stay moving, and stay well. Produced at Sound Lounge by T-Bone.